0: Hey there, I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. This is Nation, evangelizing the nation for the best and brightest future of the country, our world, and your eternal soul. And what could be more important than that? I'm your host, Lisa Tuggle, podcasting to you from the wild and wonderful foothills of the Cumberland Mountains of East Tennessee. Okay, today is the first Thursday of the month. Now we've heard of first Friday of the month devotions, that's to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and we've heard first Saturday devotions to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which were requested in the Marian apparitions at Fatima in Portugal, and the early 1900s, and if you have subscribed to our YouTube channel at Pauline Community of St. Joseph, Pauline Community of St. Joseph, you may know that the first Wednesday of each month is dedicated to St. Joseph, to pray for the church and to ask for divine providence in all our necessities. But so what about First Thursdays? Is there a devotion for First Thursdays? Well, actually, yes, there is. In the Pauline tradition, and perhaps in the church at large uh, in bygone eras, the first Thursday of every month is dedicated to knowing, loving, and thanking your guardian angel for all the care, protection, and guidance your angel gives you throughout your life. Now, the Pauline family of religious orders and institutes founded by Blessed James Alberioni of Alba, Italy, the Pauline family of which I am a vowed and consecrated member, has a special set of devotional prayers we pray on the first Thursday of the month in honor of our guardian angels. In fact it is my hope that perhaps with a generous donor out there we can get those prayers out on the airwaves for you via our YouTube channel. But until then, um, perhaps the old prayer to our guardian angels will suffice for our purposes today. Do you remember it? Would you like to pray it with me right now? For those of you who don't know it, the prayer to the guardian angel, just follow along in your heart. Here it goes. And come on now, if you know it, let's pray it together. Here we go. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side to light and to guard, to rule and to guide. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Ah, thanks. I wanted to share that with you today because your angel, the angel given to guard your soul from the beginning of your life, from your conception in the womb, is a very important person in your life, given to you by your merciful maker. Everyone has one, a guardian angel. Now, how many days have you gone without thanking your guardian angel? This heavenly messenger of yours is as real an influence in your life as anything you can see or taste or hear. In fact, it's a good idea to apologize to your angel when you ignore his or her good advice. You know, that enlightenment that comes from you don't know where, showing you the way that you should respond to an offense or, you know, how to get out of a dangerous situation or, or even, I know this sounds crazy, but even how to cook a really good meal for your family. Yep, it's true. My angel has actually helped me even with that. I have lots of angel stories. Uh, I'll tell you a short one. Um, Once when I was a student um, living in the Holy Land, my friends and I were on a desert mountaintop. And for some reason known only to young people, we had taken off our shoes and from our rocky vantage point, as we watched the sun go gloriously down, It occurred to me that I should put on my shoes before it got too dark to find them. Unfortunately, it was already pretty dark. There are no street lamps or artificial lights out there in the desert wilderness, you know. So I managed to find my shoes. But then as I was walking back toward the group, I took a misstep. I stepped off the cliff. Yep, almost as if in slow motion. Felt myself in midair, hanging, and then falling, falling, falling. It was like one of those old Roadrunner or Bugs Bunny cartoons, where the character goes off the cliff, and there's a moment's hesitation in midair, and then just free falling. Well, that is what happened to me. Yep, I let out a cry, which was sort of a laugh on account of my perpetually upbeat disposition at the time, um, and then I hit. All things considered, it was a very nice flat surf surface upon which my body was to crumple. And when I hit, it was just like I had taken a little leap. My ankle turned a bit and it was a little sore for the rest of the night, but I was otherwise entirely unscathed. I must have fallen at least the height of a building, maybe 20 or 30 feet. But I was unharmed, and a rocky outcrop had caught me. I knew then, and I know now, that it was my guardian angel that cushioned my fall and protected me that night from undue harm. Walking off the side of a mountain is not your everyday occurrence. Obviously, it was a mistake. It was not in God's plan that I die that day or be in a wheelchair the rest of my life so the good Lord dispatched my angel to keep me in this world to fulfill whatever purpose he has in mind for me. Ah, my angel, thank you. I have more, many more angel stories like this one, but I will have to put those down in a book someday and set those aside because for now, I want to talk About what is keeping everyone at home these days, and that is the coronavirus. As I mentioned in my last podcast, there is a corona, a crown, that exceeds all others and triumphs over all others, even this insidious little coronavirus, which seems to wield such power over our bodies, our nations, and our lives. You know, when I was recently on my media fast and retreat in the most wonderful place on the planet, Medjugorje, in former Yugoslavia, now Bosnia-Herzegovina, the coronavirus outbreak had practically cleared the streets of Medjugorje. Shops were closed and the mountain pathways were largely open to us. A relatively small group of Americans, 20 in all, who represented the sole pilgrimage group there in Medjugorje, the sole group brave enough to cling to the crown of Our Lady while the world was beginning to fall apart from fear of the death-dealing coronavirus. You know, uh, just as an aside, the Epoch Times, which has a long history with reporting in China, they call the coronavirus the CCP virus. That stands for the Chinese Communist Party. Whatever you think about that, we do know from the Virgin Mary's appearances at Fatima at the beginning of the 20th century that the errors of communism would be spread throughout the whole world if her messages were not listened to. Well, in many respects, we can see that that has indeed happened in all spheres of education, culture, and politics in the West and, you know, perhaps throughout the globe. But that is the topic of another podcast So let's just stay focused for a minute on our current situation with COVID-19. I don't need to reiterate all the news you are hearing or all the restrictions you are feeling, but what I do want to say here is that there is a corona above all coronas, the crown above all crowns, and that, my friends, is the crown of Jesus Christ, our King. Historical records document that Jesus Christ was crowned, quote, King of the Jews on that horrible Friday we call good, on account of the good that was achieved for us by his sacrifice. And he is to be crowned this day and every day as King in your heart and mine. So how does this come about, this crowning of Christ as King in our hearts? You know, when we pray the Our Father prayer, we say, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So how does this kingdom come? That's a good question. I believe that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of hearts bound together by love. That's it. There is the sacred heart of Jesus, the immaculate heart of Mary, perfectly ensconced in the sacred and Eucharistic heart of Jesus, And then there's St. Joseph's chaste and just heart. These three hearts are the Holy Family. And the kingdom comes into our midst when these three hearts are present. Do you know that? Today, why don't you turn to the Holy Family of Nazareth? Invite them in to teach you the lessons of love in the family. The lessons your family may need. Their hearts are full of real family love. You can learn more about this um, in the writings of Blessed Mary or uh, Venerable Mary of Agreda, in uh, her four-volume uh, set called *The Mystical City of God*. It's about the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary, but there are also other versions. There's um, the poem of the Man God by Maria Valtorta. And there's also, um, there's a book about the life of St. Joseph. I haven't tracked that down yet, but there is one out there. You can look for it. It's uh, The Life of St. Joseph. So, you know, Jesus lived in a family, hidden and quiet for 30 years. You know, that was not inconsequential. That was not like sort of just a, you know, a warm-up for his three-year act of public ministry. No, there was something powerful about his living in love in a family for 30 years of his life. That's the most of his life on earth. The bulk of the years he lived on earth was lived quietly loving in a family. So I think that this is um, a powerful source of um, revelation for us today. We all have um, hurts from our family members and from, we all know people who um, you know, come from broken families. There's a lot of hurt and from those wounds can come a lot of sin and a lot of evil. Um, you know, people who are purveyors of some pretty serious evil in the world today are probably just extremely wounded people. So, um, what mitigates mitigates, or obstructs love in our hearts? What makes us less like these um, holy family hearts? Well, it's our sins and our defects, all those minor or major disorders in our thoughts or dispositions of mind and heart that keep us from truly and rightly loving God and others. So rightly arranging the furniture, so to speak, in our minds and in our hearts requires a lifelong effort. That's why the Blessed Virgin Mary in Medjugorje has has been coming for nearly 40 years because she knows that conversion takes a long time. First, we have to get the basic truths of revelation down in our minds. Yes, there's a God. Check. Yes, God loves us. Check. No, your life does not just end when the body expires. Check. But then there are, more, there are other more insidious disruptions of order in the heart and mind. For example, you know, just when we think we have conquered the sin of gossip, we find ourselves gossiping in our minds tearing someone else down even just in our own mind like having you know an exalted opinion of ourselves and judging someone else to be so inferior by comparison to us we are so much smarter than everyone else we're so much more competent and accomplished by so-and-so over there well that disposition of pride is deadly pride is like a net over a doorway you can see through the doorway but you can't enter the room Pride is like a net that keeps us from entering the heart of love. And if we do not abide in love, we cannot abide in confidence that we are even alive. In fact, if we have not love, we are not alive. We are dead. Clanging cymbals and noisy gongs, we are truly and really dead. Because, you know, you're just living in the natural mind, the, The human nature that will fade away with our bodies in the ground. But there's a soul, an eternal soul, that's made to live forever and be reunited with your body one day in a spiritual way we can't fully understand. But that's why love is so essential. It is the kingdom that Christ has opened up for us. It is the heart of the Trinity, the love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, by Christ's sacrifice on the cross and the heavenly banquet of Eucharistic communion that extends to us from this great act of passionate love on the cross, we are heirs with Christ to the family fortune. Yep, what is that fortune? It is the ability to love. If you have love, you have everything. You enter the heart of God. You enter the kingdom of God which is all loveliness, all peacefulness, all happiness, all goodness. And there is never any harm that can touch the heart of love. As Christ showed us so eloquently in his passion and death, the horrific event that destroyed his body and his natural life, but could not destroy his divine nature, nor his human soul, which lives forever, and was, in fact, together with his body, resurrected from the dead. It was a holy, personal resurrection, a resurrection of body, blood, soul, and divinity. Now, some people may question why Catholics believe that Christ is present in the Eucharist in Holy Communion, body, blood, soul, and divinity, as the Catechism teaches. But you see, Christ is resurrected. Wherever he is, he is fully resurrected there. He is always and completely the integrated divine person with two natures that he uniquely is. Let me repeat that so it can sink in for us. Christ is one divine person with two natures, human and divine, subsisting together in this one divine person of the Godhead, that is, the Son. So where he is, he is fully present. And he is fully present body, blood, soul, and divinity. Everywhere he goes, in the consecrated host at Mass, especially, where he deigns to become present to us in a unique sacramental way by the way do you know what sacrament means guess no, it actually means oath or covenant its Hebrew equivalent is Sheba which also means seven in the Old Testament culture a covenant was made by sevening oneself so to speak incidentally this is like we why this is likely why we have seven sacraments Seven means covenant. Think Beersheba in Israel, which means well of the covenant. Beersheba is where Abraham's well is and where he covenanted with Abimelech by sacrificing seven lambs. Anyway, the covenant in Christ's blood is the new wedding of divinity and humanity, it's the wedding feast of the Lamb. The wedding of divinity and humanity, God and mankind back together again in the very person of Jesus Christ that my friends is why we live and move and have our being in Christ alone because no person ever in history no person that ever walked the face of the earth did or could ever do what Jesus Christ did the miracles the casting out demons the raising of the dead the transformation of history all these signs or same in Greek that prove to our senses our eyes and ears and our sense of logic that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, the Son of God the Father. The second person of the Holy Trinity come among us to unite divine and human lives in his own person, in his own sacred and Eucharistic heart, which is mysteriously alive in every tabernacle on the planet where a consecrated host resides. With the coronavirus outbreak, we have the great opportunity to step back from this auspicious, if not audacious, experience of sacramental communion, and to long more for Christ. Absence makes the heart grow fonder, as they say. We are now making spiritual communions during this time of temporary cessation of public masses. No longer receiving daily or frequently, you know, sacramental communions, we must invite Christ, body blood, soul, and divinity, to enter completely into our poor, disordered hearts, and there find some welcome, some refreshment in our humble abodes. Lord Jesus, we welcome you into our hearts right now to remain with us in time and in eternity in Mary, your Immaculate-Hearted Mother and our Mother, she who is Kralika Mira, Queen of Peace. Kralika Mira Molizanas, Queen of Peace, pray for us. Well, I have much more to share with you. I hope you'll tune in next week when I begin to share with you all about my transformational and truly historic experience in Medjugorje, the place between the hills, which is what that means. I hope you'll join me next time for that. In the meantime, please know that I am personally praying for you recommending each listener in my prayers and wish, and wishing for you all the best and brightest graces heaven has to offer you in this life and in the next. Until next week, I'm keeping you in my heart and hoping to see you soon, out and about, when I'm released from my travel quarantine, or at the very least, or at the very most, as the case may be, I hope to connect with you mystically in the heart of our risen Lord, Jesus Christ, the heart that is the glue of all creation, salvation and redemption the heart of our happiness and the fulfillment of all our longings to be loved and to love may your day be blessed and lived in the holy name of jesus at the mention of which every knee shall bend in the heavens and under the heavens and every tongue confess to the glory of god the father that jesus christ is lord our forever and ever king jesus king of all hearts rule our hearts, and be our love today. Bye now.